Hey guys, I'm Rick. And I'm Dean, and we are joined by uh, the third man. The banter lad. The infamous banter lad. (laughs) Banter lad himself, Matt. We referenced him a couple times on on this show, and now we are finally here in full circle and uh, ready to kind of break down. um, Why don't you tell the people what's on the docket for today? I know that we have a little bit of everything. Yeah, we have a hodgepodge of uh, different things that we want to discuss. Uh, this past weekend was the Oscars, so we're going to react to that real quick. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of music. I don't think we've done that yet on our show, no, so we we're going to bring that up. Um, Eminem made an appearance at the Oscars, so that's going to be a good segue <laughs> into that. Um, we're going to do a little uh, phone app review. We're not going to do too many, but a couple that we think are worth having and looking into yeah get, um tease that a little bit there is an app that you may that you probably had that you gave up on that i really think you should come back because it's everything that you wanted it to be it is in 2020 everything that you wanted it to be in 2016 so I'm that is that a little bit that is a great tease because this app when it came out took the world by storm mm-hmm. fell off a cliff and it's back with a vengeance oh so amazing after there's some 90s relation uh with that app so we're going to talk a little bit of 90s tv at the end and close out the show so um before we get into it though matt who has been a great help with ideas and show recommendations he's been a big help uh with running our show he's been an avid listener matt welcome Guys, it's it's great to be on the podcast. Uh, I, you know, I most of the people probably listening to our friends group or whatever it is will know me as uh, mostly a sports guy, sports podcast. I have my own podcast with my with my partner, but um, I like a little bit of diversity when I when I open up my podcast app and I see what's in there to listen to. And of course, you guys are consistently putting out the content, giving me um, who's not someone who is always tuning in for you know, Netflix or looking for the quickest show, you know, being on top of these shows when they come out, but wanting to know where to allocate my time. And there are some of the shows you guys have recommended, um, The Boys, I know you think you, you guys uh, recapped on, I think two episodes ago, if I'm correct, or the last one last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been some other great ones as well. I even watched, I think it was Daybreak. Uh, which oh, was yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we, about. I don't know if we've gotten uh, too into it on the show with Daybreak, but- uh, They have mentioned you, it, but- <laughs> But I if you want to get into it, well, yeah. while you're here, no, actually, yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna touch on it. I kind of just sat there, I took it, and that's exactly what I'm gonna leave it at. So, but that's yeah, you a good way to put it. The rated podcast, and this is my, me being a little bit biased towards my friends. It's the podcast that I never <laughs> thought I needed. It's a nice, uh, welcoming listening for me twice a week, and it's one of my go-to podcasts. So it's definitely great to be on with you guys. Love it. Yeah, we just want to arm everyone with, um, because we all do it. We all watch TV. We all scroll through these Mm -hmm. massive libraries. And we just want to tell you uh, what you need to know before pressing play. And uh, like Rick had said, we have, we kind of expanded on that. Um, We're going to talk some music, which um, we really haven't for a while. But I just want to go back and touch on the Oscars uh, piece. So um, yes, we had a long episode for everyone. We got some feedback on the length, it being an hour and a half. But we had, we had the experts and we also had five people on the episode so that's a little bit of the reason why and of course it was a swap cast with um, my other podcast the winning ticket so and of course if you're a long time dean fan then uh you know matt from that as well and also rick i'd be remiss if i didn't bring up the fact that in our fantasy movie league which we're going to be incorporating more into the show now that the award season is almost over um you know who's in number number one and you know who's number two 
you and I. So maybe we are experts at this little thing. Surprise, um, surprise, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, that's been a lot of fun. So we're definitely going to make an announcement. We're going to post it on Twitter to make sure that you guys join our uh, fantasy movie league. Maybe we can give uh, the, the listeners and uh, the people who join in on the FML with us a little incentive to try and beat us. Maybe uh, the winner at the end of the season gets a like an AMC theaters gift card for like 20 <laughs> bucks or something at the end, or, you know, something, uh, mm-hmm. to something to come out the Kings and, uh, d- dethrone us, um, make it a little more, uh, fun to have some stakes in, involved, but yeah, that's going really, really well. It's super fun. A couple weeks left. So I know there are people that maybe forgot a week or two over the course of our season. Um, but in another like two or three weeks, everyone starts at zero mm-hmm. fresh start. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited about it. And you know, I'm also really excited to uh, get into this episode. Same, same. So we're going to start off with uh, our reaction to the Oscars. Before that, Matt, by chance, did you watch the Oscars? Did you follow it at all? Or are you just along for the ride for this segment? I, so I listened to the Swapcast episode. Um, okay. And I know there was a lot of diverse opinions on it and some expertise. Of course, John, Becca were uh, welcome guests. But um, I caught glimpses of it. I didn't see too much of it. I was kind of following. I'm one of those guys that won't watch it or I'll be in and out of the show, but I'll follow like who won certain awards on Twitter. Um, okay. Obviously, you know, Parasite was a very popular show. I know uh, many in our friends group rave about it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm still trying to find access to it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I will guess I'll leave it to you guys and you guys give me your reaction, your, your thoughts on um, who you know surprised you in terms of the winners, who you thought maybe got snubbed, who maybe um you know uh, i guess raise their stock if you will as directors mm-hmm. or um so you know actors actresses so on and so forth yeah so um kind of picking up off of that uh, as far as surprises go there really weren't any i watched uh the big 5 at the very end which was mm-hmm. um actor actress director picture and screenplay i think and um as you guys know from the from the swapcast we, there were some betting lines and they were all heavy, heavy favorites. It, besides Parasite, it was um, mm-hmm. exactly what everyone was thinking. And more importantly, it was exactly what the sports books were thinking. Um, I was watching it. I usually don't watch award shows. Uh, I would think that I'm relatively under a rock. And honestly, it was um, it was interesting. Um, some of the takes, I would say, that the best actor and actress, their speeches were, in, at least to me, pretty absurd. Um and of course, like we, we don't, we're not going to get political or anything like that on this. But um, I actually think I texted Rick and said Renee Zellweger was talking like a robot who, th- who doesn't speak English, and they told her nobody else speaks English, so just say words that you know. That's literally what it sounded like. <laughs> uh, guys, pause the podcast now and listen back. She doesn't make a sentence; it's just words that she's heard of. Very, very weird. I was watching and I was like, "This is not a human being talking." And of course, I was just refreshing my app. That's uh, my DraftKings app. It's the only reason why I was tuned in. But um, yeah, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor. And realistically, I mean, he really transformed himself into another person. So uh, I have no qualms there. Joker was very good. And um, to be a little bit biased, I did see the Joker out of all of them. And I really liked that the most Mm -hmm. for the best. uh, I don't think it was nominated for Best Picture, but for Best Director, um, that was one that I was kind of rooting for because i thought it was a very um very good movie and i know when i know when the joker came out i think like i saw like a couple days afterwards with my father and i know the reaction was that like because of how um obviously the fallout of the previous sort of the i think the dark knight the last one in the trilogy Mm -hmm. 
some of the things that happened in the events and uh, you know the, the the movie theater shooting and all that stuff. Yeah. People were kind of concerned about the effect it was going to have, a negative effect, and ultimately whether or not the Joker was going to win the awards it did. Obviously, I know mm-hmm. it did really well at the Oscars, so I'm glad that they didn't let that get in the way and they actually like took the movie for face value for what it's worth and actually rightfully gave it the awards and recognition it deserved. Yeah, definitely. Rick, did you uh, end up catching the Oscars? Uh, what, what are your thoughts? I did catch the Oscars. I made sure being that we had the uh, Oscars podcast that we did to uh, record it, watch it live. Uh, sometimes I'm normally like Matt, I'll either go in and out watching and uh, catch up on what I may have missed on Twitter or Google it or something. Um, there are a lot of categories that I personally, I just don't care about, you know, mm-hmm. it's a very long show, but this, this, this year I really paid close attention. Um, going back to our previous podcast, I think we did a really good job of uh, making our predictions. Um, granted, some of them weren't all that hard. I mean, we said mm-hmm. both Renee Zellweger and, Joaquin Phoenix were stone cold locks to win. Yeah, they did. Um, so that was, that was good though, that we were right on that. I think we may have been a little bit surprised on, I don't know if it was screenplay or adapted screenplay. Jojo mm-hmm. rabbit won one of those. Yeah. And not that it was undeserving, but I think that wasn't the expected winner. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Um, right. I think for, you and I uh, especially, but for everyone on our, our swap cast that we did, I think the biggest surprise was Laura Dern winning Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you would agree with me and even John if he were here. Oh, she was um, barely she did, in it. She did a very good job. She just wasn't in it that much, right? Yeah, I was about to say. And, um, of course, if you guys haven't seen Marriage Story, definitely go back to our episode two. Um, that's where you could find uh, all the information on that. But yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. And actually, Rick, when we were recording that episode, I was getting confused of what, what's the difference between a supporting and a main actor. I mean, especially in movies like The Two Popes, when the movie's about two different popes um, who, in my opinion, <laughs> share screen time. So that was a little bit interesting. Um, but of course, you know, we're not in the Academy. Um, we did have a good time with it. And, you know, we're on to uh, bigger and better things in the next award show. And of course, um, we're going to tell you what what would win awards in our hearts. And um, Rick, that, that's actually a pretty cool idea to do at the end of the year. Maybe we give out our own awards um, and we'll bring all the guests that we've had on throughout the year. That'd be pretty fun. I actually like that idea. Yeah, this that this idea is just coming up right now between the two of us. But I think that's actually fantastic. There's, there's Oscars, Golden Globes, there's the Razzies even. And yeah. we have to, uh, we got to figure out a, a, a fancy schmancy <laughs> name for a, uh, for our pod maybe we'll dress up in tuxes and stuff too and really get our get our hair did and everything <laughs> yeah, to yeah. make it all fancy schmancy yeah that sounds awesome um, but i think that's a really good idea mm-hmm. um but while we're still on the oscars um i think john made a good call i think he posted his his bet on uh parasite winning instagram. best picture yeah with, instagram yeah with uh bong joon ho i think believe his name is uh winning uh best director as well so that was a great call by him mm-hmm. so guys continue to listen to us we do make some good calls yeah um but other than that i think everything was pretty much uh as expected one thing i don't recall seeing it during the 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 show um uh one of the categories that i was really rooting for was animated short this is the same category that Mm -hmm. um kobe bryant won a couple years ago for year basketball 
Yep. Now I am a animal lover, a dog lover, specifically a pit bull lover and owner. Um, one of the uh, digital sh- uh, animated shorts was called Kit Bull. Uh, I'll mm. we'll post a link for you guys to watch it. I don't know if everyone's seen it. It actually has millions of views on YouTube already. Wow! But it's about a um, uh, abused pit bull bef- uh, befriending a cat and like escaping and really getting away from that abuse. It's a beautiful, heartbreaking animated mm. short. Uh, I was really hoping that would win. It didn't. It lost to Hair Love, which is about a uh, African American father learning to do his daughter's hair. I haven't seen that, so maybe it deserved to win. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, Mm-hmm. But I'll post a link to Kitbull. Everything I, everyone I think, yeah. if you have a love for animals, especially dogs, must see. Sure. Wow. Uh, that that totally slipped my radar. So I'll definitely go back and check that. Um, and of course, Rick, um, I think uh, I got a nice transition from the Oscars. But really quick, I just want to shout out again uh, the movie Klaus. I was really upset that that didn't win Best Animated uh, Picture. But at the same time, you're going against Toy Story and uh, Disney mm-hmm. Pixar. You're not really going to win those. But you... I, and Rick, I don't know what, what you have in the order of the rundown, but you know, you said Kobe Bryant won an Oscar. You know who else won an Oscar? Eminem. Eminem has won an Oscar, and mm-hmm. you're right. Eminem has won an Oscar, and while we have said that most of the show and awards went as we expected, one thing that we didn't expect, mm-hmm. and I don't think anyone in the in the arena expected anyone at home expected mm-hmm. was eminem performing lose yourself at so the oscars dean i know you have <laughs> a lot to say about this matt i'm sure you have a lot to say about yeah. this so guys please give me your thoughts okay so so before we really launch the music conversation uh, i know that a lot of people especially from from where we are all from in new jersey uh, of course we know we have some international listeners we have some people all throughout the country. So, um, you know, I, I'm not going to assume that everyone's from this region. But in our region, it's very common that everyone listens to everything. I mean, we live, uh, personally, I live 45 minutes away from Manhattan. We also, a 45-minute drive west, you're in the mountains. So um, mm-hmm. we have everything. We get um, EDM and dance, rap. Um, I personally listen to heavy metal. I know Matt does too. Um, rock. I love bachata music. I'm not even fluent in Spanish, but like I absolutely lo- r- love it. And Rick does too, from being my friend. Huge fan of bachata music. Yes. Yep. And country music is big now. Um, like I said, we're only 45 minutes away from pretty much the country. I mean, it's Pennsylvania. And I I now live in the deep south, so yes, that's right. Music, whether I uh, want it to be or not, <laughs> is a is something I listen to often. <laughs> so, which I, I'll admit, I'm not. I, I used to be a huge country hater yep um same i wouldn't say i'm a i wouldn't say i'm a country fan but i have grown a an appreciation for it absolutely uh same i think i'm kind of landing on that fence too of just kind of becoming more normal i would say but yeah so so that's just kind of how i'm breaking down music is that really we have expertise in everything so i i say that as now i'm going to review a rap album and specifically the eminem that was at the oscars was nothing other than just groan worthy like oh like come on and guys hear me out put on your tinfoil hats we are living you know how like into the spider-verse there's alternate like timelines and universes and stuff like that guys Mm -hmm. we are living in the universe that eminem survived and is now a corny old dad it's it's rough and honestly his album got released on spotify right and Mm -hmm. i didn't know that it was coming out i'm not you know on the beat i don't look up these kind of things it just kind of showed up one day so of course I give it a, I give it a little listen and um, 
you know, I was, I don't know what I was expecting, but this was uh, pretty bad. Matt, Rick, have you guys had a chance to, to listen to any of it? Um, I haven't honestly listened to the album. I know it's one of those things where, you know, even I think most people kind of know that Eminem is not the type of, um, that he's not kind of with the current mold and uh, I guess genre that rap is, is right now. Um, he's one of those one of those artists who has been very vocal about the, the current age and current uh, generation of rap rap and hip hop and you know for him to put an album out with a lot of artists that were um kind of i guess in the of the mumble rap generation i know uh, juice world featured on this one as well i know he passed away recently i think in december um mm-hmm. i didn't get a chance to listen to the album per se i know it it did it got better reviews um in the um you know, from, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Anthony Fantano. He's like a huge uh, music guy who reviews on YouTube. He's one of the biggest guys mm-hmm. um, on YouTube for reviewing music. Um, he gave it a much better ratings than I think um, Kamikaze, which was his previous, um, you know, work. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know how you guys are on, on Eminem now. I'm sure you guys kind of, kind of feel the same way that I do. It's one of those things where he feels that he's kind of just yelling. It's the same sort of delivery. He hasn't really kind of, he's too stubborn and too, um, uh, I, I don't know how really to put it to kind of grow with the time era because he's not gonna yeah. be, he's never going to be a mumble rapper. He's never going to go that era and that route with his music. And I don't know. What do you, what, what, Rick, what do you think? Yeah. So I, I haven't listened to the album yet. Um, and honestly, until we were talking about uh, the podcast and Eminem and discussing him on this episode, I didn't even know he released a new album. And I think that actually <laughs> says a lot about. Eminem and where he's at right now because I think if this were like I don't know 10 years ago or so like Eminem releasing an album would be like the biggest news right like everyone would be talking about Eminem releasing an album this like I heard Eminem release a new album and I just like shrugged my shoulders and was like eh like and, and I'm an Eminem fan too and I like I think at least to some degree you know each of us is an Eminem fan but I heard he released the album I was like uh like whatever and uh, Matt was kind of talking about this, like, you know, in regards to like current rap and like mumble rappers and stuff like mm-hmm. it, it feels to me like rap is just kind of passed him by. Right. Like he's he's kind of like a dinosaur in like the rap game now, you know, and like you kind of said it. Um, you, were, you were just like, I, I don't know what your words were exactly, Dean. But you're just like, yeah, he's just mm-hmm. like a grouchy old man or something. I don't know. <laughs> and um mm-hmm. I, we, I talked about this with you guys before we started recording and stuff. And I know this is about a year or two ago already, his beef with MGK, but MGK had his, his diss track for Eminem called rap devil. And, uh, Dean, I, I couldn't help, but like think of you when I was listening to rap devil before our recording, like it just seemed like MGK was just speaking everything that you were feeling about Eminem, just being like, you know, yeah. like the corny old man with the sweatshirts and the, and the hats and just like, <laughs> Being like, being like a dad in like the rap game. Yeah, he kind of did touch on everything that I pretty much wrote in the rundown, and I haven't heard that previous to uh, when you sent it in our chat. So um, yeah, it was just one of those things where I was listening back to and like getting to the album specifically. Um, it was nothing that we didn't know before. Uh, he has a song about how much he hates his mom. He has a song about how much he hates his stepdad. He has a song Cash about how much he loves drugs and alcohol. Yeah. yeah, his past struggles. Like, who the hell cares? Um, honestly, I, one of my friends from college is a huge Eminem fan. Um, like no matter what he does, he loves them. And even he said that this was kind of like, eh, which for normal people, that means it was crap. So honestly, on the other end of the spectrum of white rappers, uh, Mac Miller also released an album that same day. Um, of course he 
has died. So uh, if if I broke <laughs> not, that news, not, not uh, funny, I, but I don't know why I said it like that. Funny. <laughs> so I'm not I don't know why I said it like everyone. that. It's just the way, <laughs> way Dean said it was, I thought it was humorous. So, sorry, no, rap yeah, tragic I, death. I don't know why I um, tripped on that one, but this just happens to me sometimes. Um, of course, <laughs> I talk into a microphone for uh, like eight hours a week, so this is just kind of what I've become. But anyway, Mac Miller's album was a breath of fresh air while Eminem's was um, extremely stagnant, and um, it's it's really sad to think what, what could have been with Mac Miller. Now, this is a, something that I probably haven't mentioned at all to anyone. Um, like I said, I have a very wide variety of music tastes, and actually... Mac Miller's um, unreleased mixtapes um, that are only on SoundCloud are two of my favorite, I would say, rap projects ever. And of course, one is um, called Delusional Thomas. It's a mixtape um, where he uses like a voice modifier kind of thing. Um, he kind of sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks. And it's about like a, it's really good. It's about like a serial killer. And then there's another one called um, Faces, which is actually just great music. So um, Matt, I know you're a big Mac Miller guy. Have you heard any of the ones that I just mentioned, or um, do you have anything to say about Circles, his new album? Um, I've listened to, um, I, I, I came up with, I, mean, I think it was at the, maybe at the tail end of high school, if I'm correct, when he kind of started to blow up with Wiz Khalifa, both mm-hmm. two Pittsburgh um, hip-hop artists, and, you know, I liked a lot of his, his older stuff as, like, a teenager, you know, it was the kind of the backpack rap, you know, the, the you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of joking stuff, but his evolution, his like involvement as like not just like a rapper, he was like a good musician, a producer. He his music, mm-hmm. if you listen to Circles, just get you know, kind of to, to progress it along here. Circles was an album, in my opinion, that's had a little bit of you know, funk, it had a little R and B influence. Um, you know, obviously the rap, hip hop elements, but it was good music. You don't have to be necessarily like a hip hop or rap fan to like turn this on and like it's nice easy listening it's well produced it's um and lyrically it hits you too and i think it kind of showed you his evolution as a musician uh, up until his death and i also liked how the fact that um they didn't try to milk his death in the in the, in the run-up mm-hmm. to this album it was something that was announced i think like a week or a week and a half before um it actually released on you know on a friday it was like, hey, this is what he wanted. This is what he think we think his um, what we would think he would want to do with the rest of his music. And overall, the listening experience it was one of those things where like you listened to, you kind of felt what he was going through. Uh, but overall, if you're just a music fan and you want to listen to um, one of the more transcendental artists of this kind of past, this current generation, I think Circles is definitely an album that's definitely worth listening to. It's again an easy listen. It's not extremely long. It's not a twenty track album. It's something that you mm-hmm. can kind of sit down, um, you know, and, and really kind of appreciate for for its uh, artistry and it, the, the production as well. Yeah, definitely. And and honestly, since this is the rated pod, I'm going to give ratings on both. And Matt, you kind of nailed it. Uh, you knocked it out of the park with circles. Um, I actually give it an eight out of ten, mainly because, um, yeah, it, it's kind of like this episode. It was a little bit of a hodgepodge. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of everything, like you said, like funk, R and B, blues, stuff like that. And um, for me, just cohesively and of course um it's because these are all recordings that um maybe when he recorded them he wasn't meaning them all to be on the same album um so a lot of times when you know uh when it happens after death his camp has to kind of like piece it together so it did i heard a lot of that hodgepodge whereas someone like um and it was kind of like like b-sides ish but not completely there weren't like a lot of like throwaway tracks where it was like oh he had exactly a minute 30 or minute 40 of like lyrics and sound and then mm-hmm. he got like a featured artist to go on i think it was in terms of like the being a posthumous album it mm-hmm. was it felt like 
something he would put out versus um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like XXX Tentacion. Like he had a recent. That's exactly what I was just going like, to bring up. It was like 20 something tracks. It was a lot of featured artists like Lil Wayne, Rick Ross. And it felt yeah. as though like they kind of just took a lot of like audio clippings, like mastered the mastered that. And then like through featured artists and try to like push it out when really it wasn't his work. So I think, you know, if you look at Poshmas, like mm-hmm. pieces of work in recent, you know, recent months, I think Circle yeah. was a, a well executed and, and a good way to uh, kind of you give again, list like mm-hmm. listeners where Mac Miller was heading as a, as a musician. Oh, absolutely. And it's so funny that you brought up Tentacion. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that it seems like they only were working with 45-second clippings of um, him like saying like a couple things, and then they just kind of made those into songs where that felt a little bit more disingenuous, um, whereas Mac Miller's was more of a complete musical album. Um, my rating for Circles, I'm going to actually give that a 7.5, mainly because um, the hodgepodge aspect of it, at least in my opinion, um, it did kind of take away from a full album-to-album um listening experience so like and and by that i I do this sometimes i like to put on track one and listen to it in the order that the artist designed for it to be Mm -hmm. listened to um some concept albums are like that like a a band that matt and i really like mastodon all their albums are meant to go from track one to track you know eight or whatever it ends at so um that's just my my one little piece of feedback uh on that one but of course it was great i mean he he wasn't alive to contribute to towards it so anything that they put out was just a treat to the to the audience so I'm going to give that one a seven and a half. And then for Eminem's album, Music to be Murdered by, uh, it was corny. It was the, the songs themselves, uh, the production of them are really the sound, the beat of it. None of them were really catchy. Um, he made a song with Ed Sheeran that I think that he decided that he wanted to be like the new um, Without Me, the, the radio hit that's kind of like yeah. against the green. It was kind of crappy. Um, I, I'm just going to give this album a 2 out of 10. Uh, Matt, do you have ratings for, for either of them? It, it's a 2 mainly because it's it's just Ugh. the same recycled crap, but with even more cornier puns. And honestly, Marshall, hang it up. I uh, think before, me, before we move on, Matt, I'm yeah. sorry, because I, I don't want to let this get away from us here real quick. Uh, Dean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think your rating of a 2 out of 10 for Eminem's album is the lowest rating that we have given out on our show. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe so. Wow. <laughs> Rap legend Eminem <laughs> with the worst rating the rated podcast has ever given out. Two out of ten. <laughs> Oof. Oh, my Stay God. Stay away, guys. Yeah. You might want to listen to it. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, it's good. I, I, I think, you know, when I when I take, you know, anything new, you know, content-wise that Eminem puts out um, – it doesn't for me. It doesn't seem like you know. To Dean's point, it seems like recycled. You're really not getting anything content-wise or anything that's going to be different um, and, and off the kind of track we've seen him tow for his entire career, right? Um, you know, he didn't really doesn't really takes risks in my opinion. He's not one of those artists that's like to you know. We talked about Mac Miller where you could see that involvement from you know a guy doing the, the backpack rap to someone who's grown as a musician as an artist and you kind of get like wow like you get funk elements you get all these sorts of things and it's like someone who isn't a rapper hip-hop person can listen to this and enjoy this as a one-off you know piece of work so i think for for his his new album i'd probably say it's definitely better than kamikaze i think kamikaze came back as one of those things where he was trying to just be like oh well people think i'm finished and i'm gonna come back and he just kind of went after everybody like like a rap battle type thing Whereas with this album, I feel like it was a little bit more calculated. It felt like it was his best project um, probably since, in my opinion, um, like what was it, Recovery? 
in my opinion, I had some pretty good solid tracks. Definitely Relapse wasn't uh, anything I was very much of a fan of. But getting back to the rating, I would probably say it's it's probably around a five. I just think it it had, again, some nice featured artists. I think he kind of at least welcomed uh, a little bit of a different sound um, in that regard. But um, yeah, it's, it's again, it's one of those things where like I'm so accustomed to the old Eminem sound and the old style of with which he delivered his content and all the lyric uh, lyricism and the, the fast delivery of it. And I just feel like it was kind of the same, you know, kind of album that he's been putting out or at least attempting to put out without much risk. So I'd probably give it like mm-hmm. a middle of the pack uh, rating. Definitely not a two, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, All right. So, so we have a five. We have a two. Rick, uh, do, do you want to pick up the, the torch? Yeah, yeah. I didn't listen to it. So I'm not going to give you either of these any ratings. So I think that pretty much covers mm-hmm. it for the album reviews. But before we, yep. we move on from this as a whole, I want to bring up another white rapper and it's mm. going to sound a little bleak here with a potential white rapper death here. I'm going to, I want to bring up post Malone, um, whose album mm. Hollywood's bleeding for me, 10 out of 10. It is super hot fire. I will bump that yep. anywhere and everywhere all the time. It is pure gold. I love it. It is probably one of my favorite albums ever. Every song on there is it, a banger. <laughs> he has features. It's great. Uh, <laughs> Go, go ahead. I agree. I, I mean, it, it's one of those things where find find me someone that doesn't love Post Malone. Uh, that's just yeah. kind of the the reality that we're living in. Yeah. It's one of those things where he hasn't like you know it's funny because he was on a um, the Breakfast Club. If you guys are familiar with like Charlemagne and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff, and they have like a lot of different mm-hmm. artists, you know, typically hip hop and rap and all that stuff. And he came yep. on there, and Charlemagne was very critical. He was like, "You're not a rapper. You're not this. You're not that." Because I think that was at the time when he did the song uh, "Rockstar" with uh, Twenty One Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I like the fact that when you listen to Hollywood Bleeding, it's again, it's very diverse. He can go the it's rap super. angle, you know. He can go the lyric, the, the the radio radio hit. Yeah. But he can also go something where like you kind of get different musical elements you know the guitar you know mm-hmm. the different sounds the, you know that the track obviously with um with ozzy osbourne and travis scott was a, it was a big one so overall it was a good listening experience and it really kind of gave you a feeling of how diverse he is as an artist and i think um he doesn't really kind of show up much in the media i know he's very popular of course but he's not one of those artists that's kind of you know uh in the media for negative reasons he kind of just puts out good solid music that most people even if you're not you know completely invested in rap, completely invested in rock or whatever the case may be, that you could get something from his music, some sort of enjoyment from this album. And I think, you know, to your guys' points, uh, it was a very well, uh, well-produced well album, very well, uh, um, you know, off in terms of the, the lyrical content and overall just the listening experience. Yeah, it's super oh, good. Yeah, he's, he's super diverse. Like you said, if you want to make an argument he's not a rapper, then fine. I, I, don't, I don't really care. <laughs> Whatever you want to call him, he's great. Uh, he's also got that one song on there. It's, uh, I believe it's I'm Going to Be. He hasn't pigeonholed himself. Yeah, which is a good thing. Yeah, he's got that song "I'm Gonna Be" on uh, on his album, which is not really a rap at all. It's more of just like him actually legit singing. It's like an actual song. So he he, he is very very versatile. Um, but what and I want circles to get into, is the radio hit. Yeah, so everybody loves circles. Um, mm-hmm. But what I wanted to get into <laughs> is I was talking about this uh, with Zach, who was on the Swapcast with us. I was talking to him about this. Uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Um, because he has this song with Ozzy Osbourne, who we can see is is very ill. He came up and he has this mm-hmm. scorching hot take. He thinks Post Malone is going to die before Ozzy Osbourne. Dean and Matt, wow, <laughs> how do you feel about that take? Um, personally, first, it, it's one of those things where I mean, I, I'm going to throw Keith Richards into this, and you know, not to be bleak, you guys have heard last week that um, you know. 
being a sports gambler, I have a lot of different sites that you can place bets on. And there is a site that actually has like death matchups. Like, um, mm-hmm. and that's just something I wouldn't feel comfortable put, putting money on. But honestly, if I had to do a death matchup uh, between Ozzy Osbourne and Post Malone, I'm actually going to agree with Zach and go Posty only because if Ozzy Osbourne, and I'm going to throw Keith Richards in, if they haven't died yet, then they're immortal. There's no way that they're ever going to die. They've done so much drugs and alcohol in their life that, like, if they're still ticking at 75, like, uh, nothing's going to kill them. Ozzy Osbourne's going to live forever, and so is Keith Richards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're probably right. I mean, I I would take Ozzy Osbourne in like in like the death pool just simply for age purposes. But I, what would give me pause and probably not cause me to even bet on this, Dean, is that you you're probably right. Uh, Ozzy is probably immortal. He, uh, <laughs> I don't see him going anywhere. Definitely is. soon. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> right, Matt. How you? Th- what do you think, man? Oh man, honestly, I, I, de- I definitely, I don't like to, t- I don't like to touch on a lot of these things because I think, you know, like, uh, especially like recently, a lot of like artists is dying at very young ages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Ozzy is one of those guys where it's like, to your point, and even Keith Richards, I know Dean said that as well, that it's like, they've kind of, you know, sh- like kind of avoided death probably so many times. Like it's, it's crazy to think that they're still kind of going along and you see Ozzy put out a banger on a post Malone album like, <laughs> right? that's, why everyone, that's why everyone was so caught off guard they're like Ozzy still sounds like this or what that this guy is like he's he, like that little well from Tucked Everlasting where he lives forever he probably drank from that mm. <laughs> Ozzy that, Everlasting that, that's funny so guys um, you know you got one hot take and we raised you with Ozzy Osbourne's literally immortal <laughs> yeah right well so just because we we don't want to you know keep going on about something as bleak as celebrity deaths on a, on a lighter note uh let's not get into it too much but you guys saw the post malone blood light super bowl commercials how hilarious were those they were very yeah, they good. were pretty good yeah they, they were very good i think it's again it kind of speaks to you know what like the, yes we all know the music side of it but like he's kind of like a funny guy he's kind of like fits yeah. the mold of like the current social media musician type guy where it's like he's very marketable he knows that he's kind of goofy and all that stuff they got the face tattoos and stuff but he's funny mm-hmm. obviously we know his love for bud light and stuff i know he's yeah. a huge bud light fan as well um <laughs> so yeah i think overall like post one's a guy like he's very likable he's not like this braggadocious type person mm-hmm. and, you know like those yep. commercials kind of showed that side of him beyond you know the musician and obviously the artistry which everyone you know mm-hmm. knows him for yeah Definitely. So, so speaking of uh, current and likable, we're going to switch gears a little bit and uh, we're going to do something that I don't think we've done on this show yet either. A lot of firsts on this episode, Dean. Um, we're going to do some oh, yeah. uh, app reviews for our phones. Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of start us off. I know that it really, this kind of goes hand in hand with the streaming services that we reviewed. It really goes into what you're into. Like, for example, on my phone, and I personally try to not be on my phone as much as possible. But um, for me, just um, as we know from last week, um, you know, as a member of the Winning Ticket Podcast and someone that has to really be in the know with sports and uh, sports gambling and stuff, the apps that I use the most are basically just the the daily fantasy ones and some score-checking apps and, of course, um, Yahoo for our fantasy basketball league. But I'm actually going to go ahead and highlight – um, I'm going to go all the way back. I'm going to make you feel like a little kid again because I actually have two games. I have two games on my phone, and one is Nickelodeon Super Brawl. Didn't even put this in the rundown because uh, I wanted to catch you off guard. 
it is a, a very fun Mortal Kombat-esque game with Nickelodeon characters. And what it is is it kind of works like Ultimate Team, like FIFA and Madden, um, as, as we kind of discussed on the pod before, where you get cards of characters and mm-hmm. you could upgrade them with like different gems and slime and things like that. So it has the Ultimate Team aspect as well as a, a fun little side-scrolling fighting game aspect and um that was one that is kind of fun but just be careful because there's a lot of options to pay for things and i could totally see some little kid just running up their parents credit card so that's one where the pay to play aspect um at times could get bad but Um, that's um that's definitely something that i that i really enjoy i just got a quick question about that then too because it's uh like mortal kombat with like nickelodeon characters you said right yeah but it's not like violent it's just like a fighting game okay so is it um is it like this is it like the setup similar though? Like there's like the two characters on the screen and you're like punching kick. Yep. Okay, so yep. what are the um I know because I've played uh Fortnite on mobile and okay. um some uh games that require almost like a like a joystick aspect on like a touchscreen phone can be a little difficult. How are how are the controls on that game? Because I know if you don't have a physical joystick and physical buttons, controls on games mm-hmm. like this can sometimes be a pain in the ass. Absolutely. That's exactly why I have never even attempted to play Fortnite on mobile. But Rick, the controls could not be easier. It's all tap based. You, in order to swing, you tap. In order to um, go backwards, you just swipe left and right. Um, to run forward, you swipe to the right. To run, to retreat, you swipe left. It's all swiping and tapping. So the controls okay. couldn't be easier. And it's, it's pretty lighthearted for me. It's, uh, it's okay. very, um, it is very addicting and it does take up a lot of battery, which I know is something that we're going to touch on a little bit. So that's just a little um, surprise game that I wanted to throw out there. Nickelodeon Super Brawl. It's actually a lot of fun. I had a fully powered up um, Leonardo from the Ninja, from the Ninja Turtles because wow. I was actually looking up stats of like hit rates and stuff, and he has the longest reach mm-hmm. out of anyone. So um, I just get in, just kind of dominate and keep my, my person at bay. Um, and I'm not sure. So there's a little thing that you could enter – and you kind of play against it. There's a username. So I would assume that it's, I don't know if it's live or not. I'll have to look this up. But you are playing against a, either a person or a bot um, in most of these contests. And Rick, mm-hmm. uh, the reason why I bring up the online multiplayer aspect of it is there's a game that came out in 2016 that everyone downloaded. And I kind of want to bring up um, exactly what everyone was asking for. And, of course, the game that I'm mentioning and that I teased off the top is Pokemon Go. And the aspect that they just added as recent as, I want to say either last week or two weeks ago, is now from the comfort of your own home, you could click on battles and you just get matched up with someone in a lobby. And it is great. You could join different leagues of wow. max CP. So I was in, I dominated the 1500 one because I had a couple um, Pokemon that were actually really good around the 1500s. And then um, now my rank is too high, so I'm in the 2500 one. So um, it's great. That's such a huge aspect that now you could play without leaving your house. Whereas in 2016, when it came out, it was to encourage people to go outside and exercise and stuff. And that, of course, came with a lot of different um, risk. Like, you know, pedophiles could hang out at Poke Stops and just kind Mm -hmm. of abduct abduct people. I mean, that's a little uh, bad. Yeah, that's that's kind of horrible. Or like, um, if you know there's a Pokestop, you can just kind of hang out there and rob people. Mm-hmm. But um, Rick, it's one of those things where I got back into it. I want to say like seven months ago, someone had mentioned like, oh yeah, uh, I went to a Pokemon Go convention. I'm like, what the hell? That's still an app, and I mm-hmm. downloaded it, and it's it's everything that we wanted when it first launched. And 
the reasons why people stopped playing, they addressed all of those. So guys, Pokemon Go, if you're any type of a Pokemon fan, I would definitely say download it and I'll send you my friend code so that we could send each other stuff. Because that's now a new aspect of it as well. Yeah. I, think with, I think with Pokemon Go, it's, it's it was one of those interesting things too. Because I know when uh, Dean, when we were uh, in Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, we were I know that was like right at the heart of it, it was Harambe and it was Pokemon Go. It was two of those yep. two things were going on at the same time. And um, oh, yeah. it, to me, it felt as though like Pokemon Go at that time at launch, it felt like a beta. It didn't feel like a complete game experience. And for something with the Pokemon yep. name attached to it, you assume it's going to be more complete. It's going to be a hit. And even with a lot of the bugs and the issues and the things it didn't have, it still was a hit though. So to see it well, four, four and a half years later, kind of be a more complete gaming experience. I know it's kind of funny, like to harp back onto, um, you know, where we all started our, our Pokemon experiences, right? With Game Boy Color, with Pokemon Blue and Pokemon mm-hmm. Red, you know, how we had to use like a link cable and go into like an actual like center to battle each other. Now it's like, 20 something years down the line you're able to like finally get that experience and you're able to play people from across the world from your bed so like it's kind of like become a full circle thing for for pokemon people and i honestly may have to get back into it because i have my game boys in my my drawer here but um yeah obviously with new technology always being on my phone maybe uh maybe time to hop into the pokemon go arena yeah, I would say, absolutely. Matt, if, if you're still a, a Pokemon fan, I would absolutely say uh, jump back into it um, because I completely agree with everything that Dean said. Um, it was really good when it first came out, but right now it is uh, everything you've ever wanted it to be. They've really perfected it. Um, I remember, uh, I think like Dean was saying, maybe seven or so months ago, um, You know, I, I had given up playing it after a year or however long after it originally came out. And um, I see a lot of people that I, I was working with at the time, um, they're all playing Pokemon Go. And I'm like stunned. I'm like, what What are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we're playing Pokemon Go. I'm like, well, why? Like people still actually like play this now? <laughs> like what is going Like, what is going on? And they're, they looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, do people still play Pokemon Go? And they're like, who doesn't yep. play Pokemon Go anymore? They're like, every, it's like, they're like, it's back. Everyone's playing it again. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let me join, <laughs> let me hop on the bandwagon, join the fad. So I started playing Pokemon Go again. And Dean's right. They've added so many features, so many aspects, the battling, the trading. Um, one of my favorite things uh, that they have is I think once a month is community days where you, yeah. um, you can go get like legendary Pokemon. If you go with enough people, you can get, um, in an in insane amount of one specific Pokemon and then you can trade them in for candies and like level up and get like really good Pokemon. Cause you can evolve them. Um, the community mm-hmm. days are some of my favorite things. Like I've gone on a couple uh, myself and seeing um, not just children, but grown adults, like people and like middle-aged people still like walking around to Pokestops, uh, see people not just walking around, but in their cars, driving to as many Pokestops as they can, trying to catch as many legendary Pokemon as they can. Um, it's something that is, uh, you know, if you thought it was big when it first came out, you might not even realize it, but it's actually bigger now. Oh, absolutely. And Rick, um, there, there's an aspect of the game called a raid where it's in a gym, but it's like a limited time for a Pokemon. And what it is, is you, it's designed so that you go with your friends and you all kind of 
attack this um, insanely high-level Pokemon at the same time. If you guys defeat it, then you have a chance to catch it. And the one time I was walking around the park, um, you know, I was on my lunch break, so I was just kind of chilling on a little bit of a Pokemon walk, getting some exercise, getting some fresh air, and I saw that there was a raid at, like, a picnic table. So I sat down, and I noticed in the lobby there was, like, four other people. So then I, then I became, like, pretty creeped out, and I was, like, looking around, like, who the hell is on their phone right now? And um, I actually didn't see anyone, so I was like, all right, I guess it's just me and three ghosts. And actually, Rick, at the end, um, two cars drove away. Like, when, when we completed <laughs> yeah, it successfully, yeah, yeah. two cars drove away. And I was like, I was like yeah, wow, that's yeah. weird. I'm like, these people just drove here and like went yeah. home. But it's, like, it's, it's definitely... You think you're alone and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is definitely um, so new. It's, it's so improved. And I think that if this version of the game came out in 2016, it may not have ever um, gone away. So, so now that we've talked about it and we reviewed it and, uh, you know, I think we're, we're kind of running a little low on time. We kind of want to move on to the next, mm-hmm. next, uh, app or so, uh, pretty soon. So before we do that though, Dean, um, it's the rated podcast, man. If you could give it a rating for its, mm-hmm. its current, current state, what are you going to give it? I think I'm going to have to give it, um, I'm going to give it a 9.75 out of 10. The reason wow. why I'm not giving it a 10 out of 10 is because it, my phone is so old and it's like on its last leg. I, it just turned uh, four years old, actually. Mm-hmm. Or no, five years old. Um, I have an iPhone 6S and it is very low on memory and um, battery. The battery shit. So now <laughs> if I ever uh, I Pokemon Go is the one thing that I will never delete. Um, but I do have to clear like 0.7 gigabytes almost every day. Uh, so that's just my one thing is that it takes up a little bit of space and it also, um, runs roughshod through your battery. So that's mm-hmm. the only reason why I'm not giving it, but when I'm actually, if I, if my phone had unlimited battery all the time, I would give it, uh, an, an 11 out of 10. The user experience could not be better. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's, um, it's, it's great that, like you said, you could play it while you're sitting at home now. Um, it's still great to get you outside of the house. Um, whether it be, you know, not just for exercise, but just to, you know, get some fresh air even, you know, I know it sounds kind of corny, but that really is nice if you can couple, uh, you know, being outdoors, but still having that technology in your hand. I know a lot of people don't go outside because they want to stay in with technology, but if you could bring it with you, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm with you. Um, I'm not going to go as high. Um, cause I, not cause maybe it's not as good as I think you think it is. I just haven't maybe had the time to um mm-hmm. delve into as many features as you have because i know you you do spend more time with it but i i'm giving my rating over a nine as t- uh, as well i'm gonna give it a 9.25 so that's a uh a, a combined 9.5 but uh b- between the two of us and that's a, a stellar rating and uh that's must have game territory if, if you're into that stuff mm-hmm. oh absolutely so um we'll move on to our next well do you have any other apps that you want to talk about before we move on to our next one uh no like i said i I, unless um anyone's like a big gambler or anything like that um really all i have is um i have DraftKings FanDuel on the action network which is actually a little bit more of a uh in my opinion they give better content and articles than like an espn plus uh espn plus i still think like the articles are very um i don't know how to say it i want to say very public like as in it's just like some random tv uh, random sports center anchor like sending an article about something that i already know whereas action network i feel like they're more of like the in the shadows like professional gamblers are um kind of writing these articles so i gain a lot more out of that but where if you're more of a fair weather 
person or I, I don't even want to say Fairweather. That gives a little bit of a negative connotation. If you're not a gambler, you would want ESPN Plus and not Action Network. Whereas I'm on the other side, so that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I have about Action Network. Um, and ESPN Plus, I just use for, to watch games. I think we went over this on the mm-hmm. streaming service episode. By the way, uh, Kennesaw State lost today. I watched that while while I was chilling. But um, Rick, do you have any uh, do you have any apps that that you want to get uh, into? Right I do now? have a couple apps that I want to talk about. But before we move on, um, I want to stick with ESPN Plus real quick because I know uh, Matt Matt uh, wanted to give his take on ESPN Plus. He uh, wanted to add a uh, add to it and build upon what we had already talked about previously. Matt, ESPN Plus, man, how do you feel about it? Um, I love it, honestly. You know, if I'm as a Serie A fan for Italian soccer, um, it's it covers all the games for me. I can watch it um, through my Apple TV, which has been very convenient as well. But overall, I think ESPN Plus. You know, just to kind of make keep it short here, because I know you guys talked about it previously, um, it's cost cost affordable. You get four ninety nine, you get all the access, um, or if you want to go for the, um, the 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 full on package and commit to an entire year. It winds up coming to like forty nine ninety nine um, just for ESPN uh, Plus alone. Of course, obviously you could get the Disney Plus Hulu ESPN Plus bundle, which is twelve ninety nine a month, which is pretty good value there. But yeah, you're 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 getting all the live action sports, obviously the streaming content. You're getting um, the exclusive, you know, stories, the thirty for thirty content as well, which I think again, in my opinion, you know. Sometimes I tend to miss some of them on TV when they do first air. But I know just off the top of my head, you have the Vince McMahon XFL one that was on there. That was a really big one. The Ric Flair one. The one I just watched recently was the Michael Vick. It was a two-part documentary. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of good content even for just 30 for 30. But if you're, again, a casual sports fan, you're going to get your – um, your live MLB games when they are on. You're going to get your soccer. You're going to get your college basketball. So there's a lot of value in that. But I'm sure, obviously, you guys talked about the Disney Plus and Hulu aspect. So if you're kind of checking off all the boxes, you're like, hey, I like Disney. I like Hulu. ESPN Plus, I'm a casual as you know, sports fan. Why not even just sign up for all three and you get to, for $12.99? That's great value. And you kind of cover all your bases with your sports and obviously your, your, your TV shows and your, your, your movies. So it's definitely good value and definitely something that I kind of uh, always go to, whether I'm at home or on the road. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, ESPN is great. And, and uh, going along with ESPN Plus, um, and you just brought it up, and I, I think actually uh, Dean, um, Matt would be a good guy to have on with us again for a, a future episode. If we do um, mm-hmm. a, a review episode uh, focused on – Strictly like ESPN 30 for 30s because uh, I don't know if any of our listeners have ever seen any of the uh, ESPN 30 for 30 documentaries, but they are some of the best content on TV. Um, You know, not all of them are fantastic, but almost all of them are. They are um, extremely well done. The stories are incredible. Um, It's great to see the ones that you do know about uh, brought brought back. And it's even more fun to see uh, stories that you actually never knew about. Um, uh, brought back as well. So you can kind of educate yourself, but uh, yeah, some of the things that behind the scenes and the, the, the video footage that uh, ESPN does with their 30 for 30 is uh, pretty incredible. But Matt, while, we, while we're still talking to you, is there any um, apps that you have in mind that you want to, you want to bring up to us? Any apps that you think are must haves that maybe people don't know about or not as many people have that you think should. 
Honestly, not really. I mean, I, I use the kind of like my, my go-to sports apps, obviously for li- like live updates on scores and obviously to Dean, what Dean alluded to as for, for betters, you know, to get those live, um, the draft Kings and all that stuff. But, uh, aside from the ESPN plus, I mean, I, you know, I feel like that's kind of more or less been covered, uh, in previous episodes or in this one. So, uh, good on you guys for, uh, giving the, giving the listeners what they need. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll, uh, so we aim to please. Yeah. There you go. All right. Hey. Uh, I'll, I'll take it away then. So one of the apps that I wanted to talk about was the, is the game time app. It is a, um, Hmm. a tickets app for, uh, mainly sporting events, but, uh, concerts as well. And, uh, like Broadway shows and things like that. It's, uh, it's an app that's, you know, uh, very similar to StubHub. Um, the reason I wanted to bring it up though, is because I know there are a lot of people that, um, when they look for tickets to events, uh, whether it be, uh, sporting events or shows or otherwise, they almost strictly use uh, StubHub or whatever directly the site for the, the show that they're going to. And they don't really do a lot of like shopping around necessarily for the best prices. They just kind of go to StubHub, get whatever seat they think is mm-hmm. best for the price and uh, and check out. And um, Game Time, it doesn't have a website. It's strictly an app, but it, it also does tickets. And one of the things I like is that oftentimes on Game Time, I find uh, better prices um, but one thing that really kills you with uh, a lot of sites, but I think specifically with StubHub, are the fees. The fees mm. are killer on StubHub. They are. And uh, game time, I've noticed, uh, for the most part, uh, the fees uh, aren't as devastating as they can be um, on StubHub. StubHub, you can sometimes pay like 12 or more dollars for fees on a ticket. And uh, I've noticed on uh, the game time app, they're usually about half as much as they are on um on StubHub. So guys, if you're looking for tickets to any games, uh, shows, uh, any um, WWE shows, I know I've gotten tickets to that uh, on the mm-hmm. Time app or maybe a Broadway play for those of you who live uh, near the city and stuff. Um, check out Game Time. It really is a good app. Um, so I know you guys haven't used it, so you, you won't probably have any takes on it. I don't know what other, are there any other um, ticket apps maybe you guys use or do you mainly stick to StubHub? Um, I don't, I don't necessarily use anything different. Um, I, again, I, you mostly go with the same sort of, I buy you know, Ticketmaster app or whatever the case may be, but, um, you know, getting to the fee thing real quick, I think that's a very, uh, interesting thing because I'm someone who goes to a lot of the concerts and I know Dean and him used to go to a lot of, uh, when we were younger and it's one of those things where like, you can find yourself spending 25, $30 for a ticket and you're like, Oh, it's not that bad. You know, you get a couple drinks when you're there and it's a nice night out. But then you kind of throw on the fact that you're having like another $15 in fees. And if mm-hmm. call me a liar, if it's a family event, if you're going to like a baseball game and you have, you know, four people there yeah. with the fees on top before you even walk in the gate, you know, fees call me a liar, 40 bucks additional. Yeah. So like, you know, the fees really add up. And I think it's more so you're expecting for an event to spend quite a bit of money, but it's the fees that can really ultimately make or break your, your budget um, going to an event and ultimately kind of deter you maybe from not even going because – with the way TV is nowadays, obviously having the access that we do, um, you know, I know my father's one of those big guys where he's like, oh, I'm going to just sit home and watch. It's more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, the fees can kind of really throw mm-hmm. people off from wanting to go. So um, that's honestly an app I'm definitely going to use because there's a lot of things I tend to do on in the summer, including PNC Bank and concerts and, and all that stuff. So, Rick, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, you're absolutely right because, like, the fees – like, if you're a family of four and uh, you buy uh, four tickets and then you – pack on the fees when you add in the fees it's almost like paying for five tickets rather than four mm-hmm. and that's just 
it's it's just not what you want. It's a pain in the ass. You're you're, you're talking twelve, fifteen dollars per ticket added on just to like click a button. It really is a pain in the ass. But one of the things I also like about the app, and I'm actually looking at it as we speak here, and I forgot about it. I'm going to bring it up now. Um, they give you a a picture of your view from your view. The, from your seat. It is a like it's an actual photograph. I believe from uh, StubHub they give you kind of like a computerized view it's mm. not like an actual like live action shot of um your your view uh but on this on the game time app it is an actual photograph you can like click on what it looks like you also have um you can kind of like move your phone to kind of it'll and it'll move the picture so you kind of get like a different angle even it's like a 360 um, view like they have on the content exactly yeah. Like that, yeah so that's something that's that's really cool um so guys yeah check out the game time app uh, uh i found some really good deals on there um but moving on uh, uh a topic that i think almost all of us have kind of partaken in is i want to talk about a specific dating app um dean you <laughs> are in a <laughs> loving relationship of about two years now i think over two years yep. now. matt you are a handsome single buck. single buck that is true i don't know if you are on any dating apps um but i know dean in your single days you were um so one app that i have recently uh downloaded and i like far and away more than tinder or bumble or any other okay cupid i have yeah I've tested them all, <laughs> but um, <laughs> my favorite by far is Hinge. Have either of you used the Hinge dating app? If so, I'd love to hear about it. If not, I will give you my take on it. I have not. So, so Hinge, Hinge was at the tail end of my singles run, which was mm-hmm. um, about six years, actually. So, um, you know, v- very lucky to be in this loving relationship that that we had discussed but um yeah i have seen others use it and rick to my understanding it's more of like a social media page and you could either like or comment random things and then if they accept it then that's your conversation starter so basically what it is is people are putting more content up so that you get a more well-rounded picture of them is that correct or did i just get that completely wrong um, you're, you're, you're pretty much spot on. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to start off with my rating of the app. Um, my rating mm-hmm. is a 10 out of 10. I think this is for, for oh, wow. a dating app. I think this is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, th- I think this also for this app, it depends on where you are in your life and what you're looking for. You know, something mm-hmm. like, um, Tinder is, is basically the hookup app, right? You know, you're, you're, yeah you're not really looking for anything serious when you're on Tinder. You know, you're looking for uh, a date night or like a one night stand mm-hmm. or a short term relationship or something. Um, I think Bumble is like a step or two above that. It's, uh, it's kind of in that gray area between hookup app and like more serious. It, it lets uh, women speak first um, and, and initiate yeah. the conversation. So it's a little more serious. I feel like the, um, I don't want to get into like judging women. That's not really right. But I do feel like <laughs> the quality or maturity, I guess, of women on Bumble is mm-hmm. higher on is higher on Bumble than it is on Tinder. Uh, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think I think the reason for that, I mean, these two were around when I was uh, back in my single days. And I think the reason for that is maybe, um, you know, for someone who's younger, like a girl that's like 18, 19, like you're in that, that phase of young and wild, uh, or even mm-hmm. for guys too, uh, the, you know, if you're a guy that's 18, 19, like you, you're in the, hey, I just want to have a date tonight, not, mm-hmm. so, not so much a three-year relationship so um i think that that's why the pool on tinder is probably a little bit younger whereas on bumble it's a little bit more um substance to it where you know there's a bunch of pictures the girl could kind of decide in her in the comfort of her own without you knowing if you know she's going to accept your like or message or, or not message but if she's going to match with you and then initiate the conversation so um i think that's why maybe maybe the pool is a little bit different and maybe mm-hmm. uh these girls tend to be older and um you know kind of more established of uh, I, I used to say you know jokingly to myself and of course i don't want to offend any listeners if you guys are on bumble or anything like that but i used to say that um bumble is the tinder rejects the people that couldn't find a date that night went to the other app and then that's that so mm-hmm. that, that, that's my understanding yeah. of the app as well. And I, I feel like uh, Tinder and Bumble are the apps more for people that are like in college still. It's just, uh, it's mm-hmm. very easy. It's a simple uh, swipe left, swipe right. You can do it very quick. Now for Hinge, something I've noticed on there is the age. Um, I'm in my like mid to late 20s. I'm, I'm 27 for those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, a large majority of the girls on Hinge are, from what I can tell, like, have graduated college so they're they're mm-hmm. not they're not on campus anymore they've kind of like they're in the workplace they are they are more mature they are more uh well put together they're looking for something more uh serious than right than right now um dean like you said uh they have essentially they they give you like icebreakers um which i think is really yeah. is really good they they give you something to start a conversation off with uh rather than like hey because they you know guys and girls mm-hmm. alike, I think hate when a conversation is started off with, Hey, um, so what'll happen is you have to, for your profile, I think you got to like post like three or four pictures and you have to answer, um, like three or four, I think three like prompts. So mm-hmm. what that will entail is, let me see, I'll actually like pull up my own here. If I could freaking find it. here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because, so, cause uh, that, that's usually the worst part about these um, apps. It's, you know, it's very difficult to, yeah, you might make a connection. And then aside from just turning into a primal caveman going like, you're hot, like there's really not a lot of good icebreakers. And then also um, with the different, uh, and I've gotten icebreakers too way back in the day, back when I was a uh, looker, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just kind of old and washed. But um, way back in the day, like I've gotten some pickup, I guess pickup lines that I was like, what the hell do I even say to this? What? What are you talking about? So it's easier to have these icebreakers be um, selected beforehand. Yeah. See, one of, one of the things, one of the prompts that I you learned something a little bit about me, guys. Uh, one of the prompts that I answered for myself, you have like 20 to 30 options to start from. And the, the prompt is my most controversial opinion is. And for me, Ooh. I said, um, is pancakes are the most overrated food. I just think waffles and wow. uh, Waffles and French toast are just way better. So when when girls match with me, most often they uh, like and comment on a picture. But um, if you want to have a conversation starter, they can like and then respond to my controversial opinion. And that's something that we can Mm. carry on the conversation from there. Um, A girl that I am currently talking to, some of her uh, prompts are worst idea I've ever had, cutting my own bangs, 
I wore headbands every day until they grew out. So I, <laughs> I commented on that. And that was a great, <laughs> we are currently having a great conversation that has yeah. gone from that. Um, it gives you I a little something the, uh, to work with. Yeah, it's nice. You know, it's it. You're on Tinder or Bumble. You're talking to a complete stranger, so you're just mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you're cute. Like, date me." <laughs> and, you're just, and then you yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> please yeah. follow so, me. Yeah. So this yeah, and, is, and also it's the more mature, it's easier to get to talk to people. I think people have a better mm-hmm. idea of what they're looking for too. And I, I think it's just uh, it's just a well-made app with better people that are using it too, honestly, which I think helps. Oh yeah, definitely. And guys, um, I just realized that this episode will be launched on Valentine's day. So, um, for any of you single birds here, uh, we'll have to post pictures of Rick and Matt. And also, um, (laughs) if you're, if you're down South, uh, get on hinge and find, find our co-host Rick. But, um, guys, I think this kind of wraps up a, a nice little, app conversation that got we're, we're like like you said we're giving you a lot of first today we went through some albums some apps um rick what's what's next on the docket real quick though before we get mm-hmm. into that um if anyone follows me on instagram i just posted a, uh, some pictures from a from john and becca del luna's wedding that we went to one of the grooms in the wedding his date uh and current girlfriend he met on hinge uh andy i don't know oh, if yeah. you knew that so nice there, there's some success stories here, guys. If you're uh, absolutely, if you're if you're interested in um, another thing, real quick, I have it on the on the on the docket here. I'm gonna mention it. Uh, TikTok. I'm sure a hundred million fucking people have this app. If you don't download it, I think it's Vine, mm-hmm. just only better. I get lost in TikTok for hours. I put my head down, look at my phone, I look up and it's like three days later. I wonder where the time went. I have a full beard. I have like, I haven't eaten. <laughs> That's how uh, addicting or addictive actually uh, TikTok is. Um, so download that. Super cool. But with that said, hang with your bros, love your hoes. And as always, guys, watch those shows. <laughs>